At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider for the Charlotte Hornets. We've got a game day edition for you. Hornets taking on the San Antonio Spurs tonight, and there are reserves coming to the rescue for Charlotte. They've been so shorthanded for so long, but some good news in the last, oh, 24 or so hours, uh, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, I suppose, more of the players out of protocols right now. Only Ish Smith remains in health and safety protocols. Whether or not they'll all be able to join the team tonight is something we'll get into. I think it's a little premature as of the recording of this podcast to assume anything, but we'll talk about the latest and what we project for tonight's game against the San Antonio Spurs. Other topics that we have for you for this one. Hornets are in the power rankings, of course. Uh, NBA power rankings coming out for ESPN as well as NBA.com. We'll give you the latest talk about where we think the Hornets should be. Are they being placed accurately by those two major publications? And, of course, a preview of tonight's game. Helping me on all these topics, he's my producer on the Hornets Radio Network, Rob Longo. And, Rob, let's begin with uh, the news from health and safety protocols. The good news is the majority of the Hornets who had gone into health and safety protocols a little over a week ago are now out of them. LaMelo Ball, Jalen McDaniels, Mason Plumley, they all are out, as is, of course, Terry Rozier, who played last game in Dallas. For the moment, as of this recording, Ish Smith remains in, although I, I think based off the timeline, there certainly is some hope he could come out of them soon. But whether or not he would be able to rejoin the team in time to play San Antonio, I think that would be extremely aggressive. Quite frankly, I think it's aggressive to assume that any of the players uh, will be able to join the team and play tonight. We have gotten some positive news from JB's most recent press availability. It did seem to sound like 
Jalen McDaniels and Mason Plumley would at the very least make their way to San Antonio and then they would be evaluated on site. But no word on whether or not LaMelo Ball could join them and certainly no word on Ish Smith, who again remains in the protocols as of this recording. So that is the long and short of it. Rob, your thoughts on uh, this latest development here for the Hornets? Well, it's obviously good that these players are starting to finally get out of health and safety protocols. It feels like it's been forever, but it's only been a couple of days, really. But we talked about it a little bit on the Hornets Hivecast yesterday with Sam Perley and I about how any news is good news at this point. I mean, the longer that they are in health and safety protocols, obviously the worse that it probably is. But, you know, just taking it baby steps at a time, just like James Borrego always talks about, this season is not a sprint. It is a marathon. I know that there are only not even 30 games into the season tonight is game number 30 for the Hornets, but there is still a lot of basketball to be played. So obviously you don't want players to be missing due to health and safety protocols, but in a sense, this is almost like an extended all-star break, keeping some of these players fresh. I mean, obviously you want to have as many hands on deck as possible. You want your good players, you want your best players like LaMelo Ball and like a Terry Rozier, who of course returned on Monday night, but you know, some of these guys could use a little bit of rest and that's kind of what this is dealing with. But with all of that said, the fact that these guys are going to Greensboro to get a little bit more of an extended run to get their conditioning under control. That's the good news. That is definitely good news for sure. So like I said at the beginning, any news is welcoming news at this point. So just excited to see those guys get out of health and safety protocols and finally get back on the floor, whether it's with the big league club in Charlotte, well, obviously on the road right now, or if it's back in Greensboro, getting some extra practice in with the Swarm. Hornets will be taking on the San Antonio Spurs tonight. Hornets uh, looking to get back on track after a, a rough start to this road trip against Dallas. Again, we'll preview tonight's game momentarily here on the HHC. For the sake of argument, let's assume all the players are back in the next day or two or game or two here for the Hornets. One thing that I think is a positive in addition to the rest, which it's a great thing to talk about in theory, but it's very difficult to to put into place in practice. For instance, there was a lot of talk at the start of the year about how they were going to find more rest in the schedule for Gordon Hayward. He's managed to play every game and play uh, second most minutes on the team. So, you know, it's it's easy to say, yeah, we're going to build rest into the schedule, but when you're in the thick of it and you're trying to hunt for wins and stay in your, your placement in the standings or keep moving up or avoid falling back, it's very hard to sacrifice a game, even though you know maybe in the long run it might be for the betterment. So I, I agree with you. A little little bit of a bonus. JB has talked about it as well, head coach James Borrego, how this uh, added rest might serve the Hornets good in the long run. But another thing that serves them good is I think they've discovered that they can rely on James Booknight and JT Thor, at least in some limited capacity at the very minimum. So I think this bench is going to expand to 10 players. I think that's going to be something that, you know, at the very least while the team is adjusting or these players are adjusting to a return from the health and safety protocols. We don't know what their wind is going to look like. We don't know what their stamina is going to be like. Uh, You don't want to assume anything, but I think James Booknight with his scoring, JT Thor with his length and his three-point shooting, his driving ability, have shown that they can fill in for some some minutes here. And whether or not that's going to be 15 minutes consistently or just a four to six minute run every now and again, doesn't really matter. The Hornets just know that they can get that out of those guys. And that again goes further to what we were talking about when it comes to guys Guys like Gordon Hayward and Miles Bridges, who are among the top, I think, 40 players in the NBA right now in minutes. Miles Bridges, I think, is top three. Getting those guys off their feet even just a little bit could 
pay dividends in the long run. Yeah, and that kind of goes back to the podcast episode we had the other day where we talked about league leaders for the Hornets. Like I said, you know, obviously you want Cody Martin to lead the team in threes. And I was the one that had a little bit of some concern about Miles Bridges leading the league in minutes. And you kind of, I don't want to say you shrugged it off a little bit, but you were like, yeah, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world. You know, Miles is young and obviously healthy, so why not? But, you know, I think just a little bit of rest for guys like those veterans like Gordon Hayward and especially, you know, like Mason Plumlee coming back into those health and safety protocols, coming out of those health and safety protocols definitely helps him a little bit because he might be one of those guys that needs a little bit more reps to get his breath underneath him. Like, for example, you know, Monday night, Terry Rozier comes right out of health and safety protocols and ends up playing like, I think, what, 33 minutes or something like that. So, you know, he's one of those younger guys that doesn't really need a whole lot of rest. He's one of those guys that would play every day and every minute if he possibly could. So, you know, everybody's different. It's just a matter of getting everybody on the same page, getting everybody healthy. And the other thing that we have to look at when it comes to these health and safety protocols and getting all these players back is, you know, there's going to be a little bit of some chemistry lost in there. I mean, you haven't played with each other for a couple of weeks. You are still trying to get your breath underneath you a little bit, your feet underneath you a little bit as well. So all of these players are going to come back and it's not going to be an instant where they gel all together. It's going to take a little bit of some time. So there's going to be a little bit of, of, I don't want to call it a learning curve per se, but it's going to take a few games for these guys to get back together and to get the chemistry really going again where it was before everybody entered those health and safety protocols. I've heard that refrain a couple of times. I'll, I'll be honest, I'm I'm not as concerned just because I think unlike, say, Dallas, who really changes the way they play with Luka Doncic out and kind of reformat things, the Hornets don't really do that. They kind of play the same way whether or not their stars are there or not. Uh, they might slow down a little bit, not having LaMelo Ball threatening to throw a baseball pass any time he feels like it, but they, they still play with the same kind of uh, offensive formulas and the same kind of philosophies. So I, I, I see where you're coming from. I think the players individually, they've got to get back into you know their, their full-on game shape, which is hard to replicate, especially when you're in health and safety protocols. Um, but overall, I think the Hornets uh, should hopefully have a smooth transition here. And uh, all, all that being said, good to see some positive movement here with the Hornets getting more of their players back out of health and safety protocols. We'll preview tonight's game against the Spurs in just a little bit. Coming up next, Hornets in the power rankings. They're uh, moving around very slightly. Where should they be right now in the NBA and ESPN power rankings? We'll talk about that next here on the Hornets Ivecast. Cataracts made it hard to see clearly. Even movies were blurry. So I went to Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. Now movies are as clear and sharp as they once were. The doctors at Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates offer cataract surgery using the newest technology and lenses with short recovery times. See like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at ceenta.com slash appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense. Sam Farber and Rob Longo here with you on the HHC. Rob, it's one of our favorite topics here on the Hornets Hivecast Power Rankings. They just came out in the last couple of days here. ESPN has slated the Hornets at 14. That's down from 13. NBA.com put them at 12, down from 11. Generally speaking, what do you think of the ranking? Do you think it's accurate? Do you think they should be higher or lower? Well, Sam, I'm going to start with the power rankings for ESPN, which has the Hornets ranked 14th, down a spot from 
last week, which I thought was interesting enough, too, because NBA, to foreshadow a little bit, NBA.com's rankings had the Hornets fall a spot, but they did have the Hornets fall a spot, which I thought was interesting just because of the way that the last week went with health and safety protocols. It seemed like the people putting these power rankings together really put that into consideration for where they were able to rank the Hornets. So ESPN has the Hornets ranked 14th, down a spot from 13th, but the gripe I have is that they have Washington ranked 11th in the power rankings. It has the Wizards ranked 8th the week before, so they did fall three spots, but I don't think Washington has played very good basketball right now. So I know one of the things we like to do when we look at these power rankings is, okay, if we're going to move the Hornets up, who do we put the Hornets ahead of? And I'm not going to put the Hornets all the way up to 11, but I would drop Washington probably, uh, quite frankly, maybe close to 15th or 14th. I would maybe put them middle of the pack instead of almost on the cusp of the top third of the association. It has the Clippers 12th, the Lakers 13th, and then the Hornets 14th. I would put the Clippers and the Lakers ahead of Washington at this point. So the Hornets being in the middle of the road, I understand it and I respect it. And I mean, I'm not the one putting the power rankings together, so I have to accept it. But I just don't think I like Washington that high for a multitude of reasons. So that's my gripe with the ESPN rankings. Yeah, you're reading my notes. Uh, that That's the exact one I had. I think the Hornets should be 13th in the power rankings, so right in the middle of the two. And I do believe that Washington should be further back. They basically have an identical record at this stage. They're basically on the identical road trip. The Washington Wizards are on a Western Conference road trip right now. They'll see Phoenix and Utah and Denver in the midst of it o- over the course of it. Hornets doing, relatively speaking, the exact same thing right now. Their records are basically the same, and the Hornets hold the hammer. They beat them twice, so I, I think that's an easy one. Charlotte should be up a little bit higher. Uh, when looking at the other ones uh, where the, the Hornets are 12 down from 11, I think you can slide them down another one just because I think that the Lakers deserve to be ahead of the Hornets in the power rankings if for no other reason then they beat Charlotte and I understand that the Hornets should be given the benefit of the doubt for injuries and absences and the difficulties of the schedule but you kind of have to do the same thing for the Lakers right now so all things being equal um, I think the Hornets were relatively healthy for that game against the Lakers Lakers if anything they were missing more players more pieces with no LeBron James so I I think with both of them they're they're in the right neighborhood I would put the Hornets right now at 13 which is a great place to be I mean this Hornets team we harp on it over and over and over again, Rob. The schedule is going to get better. Things are going to start moving downhill for Charlotte. They'll play more home games. They'll have more rest in their schedule come January and beyond. And that's when, if you are even with the Hornets, you're in some trouble. So I'm looking forward to those days coming up quickly, hopefully, here for Charlotte. I think teams like Cleveland and Philadelphia and Washington and Boston and Atlanta better watch out because if they can't climb ahead of the Hornets here in these next two weeks, it's going to get a lot more difficult to do so in the future. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the other instances or the a, a lot of other things going on with some of those teams, like if you look at like a team like Cleveland, the Cavs are playing great right now, don't get me wrong, but you know they're still missing a guy like Colin Sexton. There's a lot of rumors going around with what the Cavs are going to do with him, but one more point to circle back on with the Wizards. Washington started the season 10-3. and three. Ever since that, they are 5-10, and 10. and I think, you know, when we talk about power rankings, power rankings are how good is a team playing right now. To use your example that you always use, you put all these teams out on a neutral floor and you say, go at it. Who's going to win this game? And right now, I don't think Washington can be that case. And just simply for the fact that, you know, the Hornets have been able to beat them a couple of times already this season as well. So including on a non-neutral floor, including on their floor. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you know, they beat them at home and they beat them on the road. What more can you ask for? But 
you know, I digress. There's a reason I don't put these power rankings together. And I think I've said it one time, but I'll say it a million times. And until the end of my days, I will always say that I cannot stand these power rankings. But like you always talk about, it's good fodder for podcast talk. So we'll continue to talk about them. But again, the schedule is going to turn for the Hornets. It's going to get better. It's just weathering the storm. And if they can somehow, you know, get to the new year, if they can get to the calendar flipping to 2022 and they can go 500 or better, I really like what the Hornets are going to be able to do, especially as these players continue to get out of health and safety protocols. And if the team, hopefully knock on wood, stays healthy, I like where Charlotte is going to be able to head moving forward with all these home games in the second half of the season. Agreed. Ultimately, I think the Hornets are in a relatively good position. I think they're relatively accurately placed in the power rankings. Very, very minor changes needed from us here. But uh, again, as you mentioned, always good fodder here on the Hornets Hivecast. Coming up next, our game preview segment, Hornets taking on the Spurs tonight with some reserves hopefully on the way. We'll talk about that next here on the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Hornets fans, make sure you download the Hornets app this season for an enhanced game day experience. The Hornets app is your home for the game day digital program with all the information on your favorite team and giveaways every game day. You'll also find predictive games, mobile food ordering, and even a wallet for your NFTs. Download the Hornets app today. Sam Farber and Rob Longo here with you on the HHC. It is a game day edition. Rob Hornets taking on the Spurs tonight. We need a stat to watch, players to watch for both teams. Before we get into it, though, I think this is an important one for Charlotte. We've been looking at the last week and a half or so saying it's good that the Hornets are at least competitive and focus less on the results. Last game against Dallas, I had the same kind of refrain. I think, you know, even though they got Terry Rozier back, still an overwhelming number of players that were absent for the Hornets to have to deal with to try and get a W on the road in Dallas. Uh, But this is one against the Spurs team that I think they need, and hopefully they will get some reinforcements for. But this is an important one. In a certain respect, you wish this road trip was flipped given the circumstances, because if you were playing teams like Denver and Utah and Phoenix up front without your full deck, you know, even if you have your full deck, you're probably an underdog in all those buildings. But on the road at Dallas, who's about a 500 team. On the road at San Antonio, who's an under 500 team. On the road at Portland, who is going through their issues right now. Those are games, in theory, you have the advantage. So a little bit of bad luck for the Hornets in terms of the timing of it all, but the schedule is what it is. And now the Hornets have to try and uh, make good of it and try and remain above 500. Let's get into the stat and players to watch. You're the guest, Rob. You get to select first. Where do you want to go with this one? I'll take the low-hanging fruit, and I'll take players to watch for San Antonio. And I'm going to go with the DeJounte Murray. He has just been absolutely remarkable this season. Had a triple-double in the last game against New Orleans. He went for 10, 12, and 10. There's only been two instances this year where he has not scored in double figures. Everything else is usually in the range of, well, he's averaging 18 points this season per game, so he's just one of those guys that you have to look out for. He's averaging 18, 8.4, and 8.3, so really good stuff by DeJounte Murray this season, and he's just kind of the straw that stirs the drink for a San Antonio team that has an interesting makeup in terms of rosters, but I'll, of course, leave other players for you to highlight on. But DeJounte Murray is just my guy to watch for in tonight's matchup. 
kind of their, you know, LaMelo ball in a sense. He's putting up a similar stat line. He is, you know, a guy that can facilitate, a guy that can score as well. So that's my player to watch for for San Antonio tonight. He is coming off a triple-double, but he's also not shooting the ball particularly well. Only eight points per game over his last two contests. That's it. I'm picking another guy who's not shooting too well. I'm, I'm going to go with Derek White. Only one for his last 10 from three. The difference, though, I think with, with White is that he still manages to score a lot of points. His season average is about 14. As I mentioned, he's not shooting the three very well, but he's still scoring 17 points per game over his last couple of contests. So I think Derek White is someone to keep an eye out for. Ultimately, this Spurs team, they've got a good foundation, really, but they're missing a star. They need someone that can really you know, push them over the top, uh, someone they can rely on either for 20 points night in, night out, or pop for that 35, 40-point game every now and again. And they really don't have either of those two things. Uh, DeJounte Murray has been close to it in terms of the points per game average but again he has nights where he just kind of disappears also a very good defensive player Murray Derek White he has been more consistent but less of the highlighted you know big time scoring games so I think this is a Spurs team that is dangerous if they all play in unison they in certain respects resemble the Hornets just a little less of that high-end output ability that you get with a Terry Rozier or a LaMelo Ball or a Miles Bridges let's go on to uh, our next group do you want to go stat to watch or Hornets player to watch well, let's keep it in the players. I'll do a Hornets player to watch, and I will repeat myself from Monday's postgame show where we were talking on the Hornets radio network. I'm going to go with Miles Bridges. He did not shoot the ball particularly well in Monday's game in Dallas. He did have 10 rebounds, but he was held in the single digits and points. And like I said at the end of the broadcast, Miles is going to go for 40 tonight, right? He's going to go for a career high. So I expect Miles to not have back-to-back games where he just didn't shoot the ball very well. That's just very uncharacteristic of him. So I'm expecting a big game from Miles Bridges tonight. I'm going to go with Terry Rozier. We, we talk about it a lot, Rob. When a player comes back from injury or absence, usually it's the second game where they really pop. Well, Terry Rozier went for 20 in game one back, so popping might mean a 30-point game, and he's done that before against the Spurs. Last year, he had a 33-point game against San Antonio inside the Hive Spectrum Center, and in the other contest, he went for 24. That one was on the road at San Antonio. Neither of those games did he shoot the ball extremely well from three. He was okay. He was about you know three for eight, three for nine in those games, but just kind of uh, you know average, his average at least, uh, shooting performances from deep, but I think he is poised to breakout here Uh, he got some rest he got some recovery time and uh, now you know he knows that it's his time to shine he's been very proud of the young guys who filled in in his absence and stepped up and helped the team kind of tread water while he was away but he knows if this team's going to get where it wants to go he has to be a leader and I think with so many unknowns still in place when it comes to the remainder of the players who have just come out of health and safety protocols will a mellow ball be able to play will Mason Plumlee be able to play will Jalen McDaniels be able to play we know Terry will be able to play so he, he's going to put a lot of pressure on himself, I'm sure. I think this is a good matchup for him against the Spurs, and we'll see how it pans out. But I'm, I'm going with Terry as my player to watch, which leaves only statistic to watch. Rob, what have you got? I'm going to go with the three-point shooting just because of the fact that Monday the Hornets did not shoot from beyond the arc very well. And San Antonio is kind of a middle-of-the-pack team when it comes to three-point shooting. But they do have a guy like Doug McDermott on the roster. We don't really have to go into detail about what he did against the Hornets last year when he was an Indiana Pacer in a play-in tournament. But he's not shooting as many threes as he used to in the past. But he is making 42% of them this season. So he is their three-point threat for San Antonio. Don't let him 
get hot. The Hornets, like I mentioned, did not shoot the ball very well from beyond the arc in Monday's game. With that said, they ended up going just 35% from three-point land, which it's below their average by a few percentage points on what they are normally able to accomplish from beyond the arc. They're second in the league in three-point percentage. So an off night a little bit for the Hornets. I don't expect that to happen again for a second consecutive night. And you never know what Doug McDermott's going to be able to do on the other side. So three-point shooting is my stat to watch. Mine is going to be defensive rebounding. I think the Hornets are up against a, a kind of tricky San Antonio team in the sense that, as, as I mentioned before, they don't really have a star, but they got a lot of really solid players, guys that shoot at a high percentage. This is one of the better shooting teams in the NBA. They actually shoot it better from the field than the Hornets do. Not from three and uh, not from the free throw line. They're actually one of the worst, actually one of the few that are worse than the Hornets from the free throw line this season. But they're really good about getting into the paint and scoring. They're 50 points a night. That's number one in the NBA there. They're good in the mid-range. And with such a high field goal percentage, you really can't afford to give them extra opportunities. So I think defensive rebounding is a key for the Hornets. It has not been a strength most of the season. Spurs aren't a terrific rebounding team, but they're not a bad one either. So uh, this is a stat that could go either way. I could certainly see the Hornets hunkering down and being able to you know, keep the Spurs from too many second chance opportunities or at least mitigating any advantages that might be there by scoring some of their own. But generally speaking, you know, the Hornets cannot give up a ton of extra shots to San Antonio because even though they don't do very well from the line and they don't shoot particularly well from three, they do take advantage of those mid-range and in the paint opportunities. So if you give them too many extra ones, they can make up for whatever gap might exist from deep, which is something that the Hornets have had as an advantage all season long. All right, there you have it. That's our game preview. That's our edition of the Hornets Hivecast. We invite you to tune in again tomorrow. We'll have our breakdown edition of the HHC. Rob Longo will slide over to the anchor chair and we'll break down everything from tonight near the Alamo in San Antonio. Thanks to Rob Longo, our producer and our guest here today on the Hornets Hivecast. Most of all, thanks to all of you for tuning in. For everyone here, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along and we'll talk to you tomorrow right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit hornets.com.